Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Get off my lawn. There's going to be other, not J.J. Watts necessarily, but there's going to be a bunch of other guys, those those little magnetic, those those little ma- magnet, whatever I'm trying, you know, little steel plate, whatever, whatever, yeah. Okay, Mike, you showed your age there calling them the magnets. Like, they just use computer programs now, man. And the second thing... No, they have a big the board. Paper. They have a big board with magnets. Magnets are involved. Mean, sometimes they're involved, but the, the teams I've worked at, it's just a computer program. You know, I ordered some magnets yesterday just to prove a point. They still have magnets. Not necessarily in NFL facilities, but magnets are still a thing. They still do exist. Thank you very much for that control room. You're lucky it's Friday and I'm in a good mood. Miles Simmons is with me. Another reason I'm in a good mood this morning. We have another hour of PFT Live still to go. Miles, did you have advanced knowledge of what was going to happen there at the top of the hour? I did not, but I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie to you. That was kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, this hopefully will be funny, informative, enlightening, or just flat out fun. We're going to look at some different trade ideas that we've come up with. We put it out on Twitter last night because our work is always easier when someone else does it. But the, the test is going to be under each of these various scenario, who puts the kibosh on it? Who says no? That's not a deal that's going to work. It could be team, it could be coach, it could be owner, it could be player, it could be anybody. So let's just have some fun with that as we try this out. Since it is trade season in the NFL, as we saw yesterday with Carson Wentz and the Colts and the Eagles doing business. One thing I need to mention, one thing I need to mention before we go any farther. Remember, none of these deals are done until March 17 at 4.01 p.m. Eastern. And, and as we see more and more miles of these deals that get done in advance, statistically, at some point, it's inevitable that one of them is not going to happen, that one of them is going to fall apart. And, and all it takes is a failed physical. That's all it takes. That's the easy cover. Sorry, we wanted to go forward, but the doctor didn't feel comfortable and failed the physical. It's going to happen at some point. 
You can't have this many deals that are done weeks in advance of when the deals become official and not inevitably have one of them go sideways. And the minute we stop saying that is the minute it's going to happen. Yeah, probably. I I don't know that it's going to happen with the highest of profile deals, right? Because you don't trade these quarterbacks and then think, well, something might happen or something might not happen. And you, you, you have to have complete confidence, I think, whether you're trading Matt Stafford and Jared Goff or whether you're trading Carson Wentz to Indianapolis, that this is going to go through from a physical standpoint. You can't come in at the 11th hour and then say, I don't know, maybe having some buyers remorse failed a physical like that. If that were to happen, and obviously it would become something that is a huge, huge story, but it also, I think, would damage the reputation of whatever team it is so that teams across the league probably wouldn't want to deal with that team anymore. So I think you're right. It's probably going to happen at some point, but it will be something that's a maybe lower profile deal, something for maybe like a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick, as opposed to top quarterbacks that are supposed to be franchise guys. Important disclaimer to make before we embark on this journey These proposed deals are completely and totally fabricated and will always be treated that way by NBC Sports and all affiliated companies and subsidiaries. We will never take this and turn it into a suggestion that it's a report that this is a trade that could be done, such as, for example, oh, I don't know, just something random, Deshaun Watson to the Panthers for three first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey. We will never present that as anything other, just some crazy concoction. I don't know why I'm saying that. I just am. Let's get into it. Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson to the Jacksonville Jaguars for the first overall pick in the draft, the Trevor Lawrence pick or whatever you want it to be, and two additional first-round selections. If that trade is on the table, who would say no to it? Remembering that Russell Wilson does indeed have a no-trade clause, Miles. Uh, I would say basically anybody affiliated with the Seattle Seahawks would say no to that. So Russell Wilson, uh, the owners, uh, Pete Carroll, Schneider, you know, whoever you want it to be with the Seattle Seahawks, I think they would say no because – I don't think they want to get rid of Russell Wilson. I don't think Russell Wilson inherently wants to leave Seattle either. I think he just wants things to improve where he is. And think about going from Pete Carroll, somebody who you know can get you to a Super Bowl, to then going to Urban Meyer, who, yes, he's had plenty of success at the college level, but I don't think you can say that he's gotten through his first few weeks as an NFL head coach unscathed. So if I'm anybody with Seattle – I would say no, but if anybody with Jacksonville, I think I would say yes. Yeah, look, I, I, I am not ready to say that anyone with Seattle would say no to this. Russell Wilson may say no to it. Russell Wilson may say, sorry, I don't want to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars, although he may be intrigued by the trips to London every year, right? He may, he may find that intriguing, but I, I, I don't think he's going to want to play for the Jaguars. I think he'd be the one who would nix it. But Seattle more broadly, and I go back to 2018, and this is something that Chris Sims talked about before anyone else, and now plenty of others are talking about it. The the notion that the Seahawks were pondering the possibility of sending Russell Wilson to the Browns for the first overall pick in 2018 with the idea that they would have taken Josh Allen. So here we are, three years later, a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence that 
has some comparisons to a Josh Allen type of a, of a guy. Big guy, mobile guy, uh, big arm. Uh, if that landed on the Seahawks' desk right now at a time when they're paying Russell Wilson $35 million a year and they're not all that far from his agent saying, time for the next contract that puts him at the top of the market, time to do it, time to make it happen. When you look at all those factors, I could see the Seahawks being intrigued by it. Now, now look, some think the passage of a week with no further issues or problems with the Seahawks have caused everything to kind of resolve. I don't think anything's been resolved. I think it's still where it was last week. So I think that it's more likely that Russell Wilson would say no to it. But if I'm the Seahawks and I can get the first overall pick and two more Jaguars first-round picks, which are likely to be higher than lower as they rebuild this team, I, I'm i seriously thinking about it. Again, I think that the the quarterback involved is the one who would be most likely to say no, but I, I think the Seahawks would be intrigued if that offer was on the table. I'd be intrigued, but I don't think that that kits them to a championship-caliber level like that they would still be if they had Russell Wilson. I mean, obviously, if you have a QB on a rookie contract, that allows you to then build around the QB and sets you up to then be a Super Bowl contender. Like if you want to give good pieces on defense, if you want to sign some veteran offensive linemen and make sure that QB is protected, you want to go out and get a good wide receiver and make sure you can pay that guy as well. But I don't know. I, I always just think that the QB is so important. And, you know, we've always talked about how oh, Russell Wilson's never gotten an MVP vote. And then he had the great start to the year that then turned into an okay finish. And then they lost in that first round of the playoffs to the Los Angeles Rams. I just don't know why, if you're Seattle, you'd want to replace your veteran QB with a rookie QB and then still think that without training him, you can get to where you really want to get to. I just think that having that veteran QB and having somebody who has won you a Super Bowl before is a much easier way of getting to a championship level than trying to bring in an unknown and figuring out whether or not they can do it for you. But, you know, hey... I, I'm not a Seattle decision maker, so what what do I know? When did they get to the Super Bowl? What what contract was, was Russell Wilson operating under? He, no, he was on a turkey deal. Yes, I I yeah. know. I thought of that as I was saying it too. It's a good yeah. point. But they also had they also had the nucleus of a great team around him. Right now, I don't think they have that. Yeah, they have Jamal Adams, but let, but let me tell you. If Russell Wilson ever gets traded, I think the next guy who's going to be jostling for a trade because we know how much he wants to win games, and all of a sudden the Seahawks may not be winning many games without Russell Wilson, it's going to be Jamal Adams. Another Russell Wilson trade. And this is one that Peter King mentioned last Friday. Seahawks send Wilson to the Jets for Sam Darnold, the number two overall pick in this year's draft, and two additional first-rounders. So you get Darnold plus three ones, including the first pick after the Trevor Lawrence pick. Does that change your thinking in any way? I know it does for me because I think Russell Wilson, more intrigued by the possibility of New York than Jacksonville, all due respect to Jacksonville, but would the Seahawks think of this one any differently in your mind? I, I think that they should, and one reason is just because you have a quarterback who at least has some experience playing. I think we know what Sam Darnold can be. You know, when he's good, he's really good. Now, does he have you know, some turnover problems? Yes, he also does. But I think 
Russell Wilson wouldn't be as quick to say no to this one as he would be for that Jacksonville trade. And I think that this one makes more sense to me from a Seattle perspective too, because I mean, you're not getting the number one overall pick, but you're getting the two overall pick. You're getting another couple first round picks that have the potential to be higher than not. And at least you're getting a quarterback back, you know, who already has played some games in the league. So uh, the, the, the game is who says no. I, I still would say Russell Wilson would say no to this one, but I think he wouldn't say no as quickly as he would with a trade to Jacksonville, if that makes any sense. No, I I, I, uh, I agree with you on that. I just think that it's going to take something huge if it ever even happens. And, and the, the Seahawks clearly have gotten calls, but so far they have deflected any interest. I think next year is the more likely boiling point for team and player based on how 2021 goes, but uh, a, a couple of intriguing thoughts and possibilities that who knows, look, that's the, the one thing that we've learned about the NFL. You can't rule out anything. So everything is on the table. Here's one. And this is the first one that was on the table for the Texans. When word came out that Deshaun Watson wants out, the first team we heard about was the dolphins. So it became a very simple proposition of Tua being sent from Miami to Houston. Now, as we've structured this possibility, it's two plus three first-round draft picks, and we know one of the picks that the Dolphins have is the third overall selection from the Texans for the Laramie Tunsil trade. Who would say no to two plus three ones for Deshaun Watson? It might be Jack Easterby or Nick Casario, but I don't know if anybody should. I think that that's probably the most fair deal that they would get. Deshaun Watson, I don't think, would say no to it. Tua Tagovailoa might want to say no to it, but I don't know that he really has much of a say in this. Um, but that, to me, is a deal that really sets up Miami very well. And at least if you're Houston, that's a trade that gets you back a quarterback who was drafted within the top 10 – who can be an elite quarterback, maybe, if you train him up properly. And I think it at least sets you up with a quarterback that's on a rookie contract that you can build around and say, look, yes, we got rid of Deshaun Watson, but we also got back somebody who we think has a lot of potential, somebody who we've seen win national championships at Alabama. And you know what? Maybe that's something that you could sell to them. But at least at this point, it seems like you know the, the top brass of the Texans would say no to it. But I think it's a deal that they probably should seriously consider saying yes to. I, I think that, that the Dolphins would say no to this deal as constructed. Three ones and Tua seems like too much. What, what I would rather do, and I, I, I remember suggesting the possibility of Tua going somewhere else and then the compensation for Tua flowing back through to the Texans. But I just feel like Tua and three ones is more than what the Dolphins should give up for Deshaun Watson. But then again, you have Deshaun Watson. I mean, that, that what is a franchise quarterback, not even in his prime yet? He's still early in his career. He's still ascending. What is he worth now I'm talking myself out of it. I don't know. If you're the Dolphins, I think you give up whatever you have to give up to get him as long as it doesn't undermine your ability to win now. That's the problem. If you're Deshaun Watson, and that's one of the original challenges we flagged when we look at where Deshaun Watson could go, you don't want to go to a team that when they give up what they give up to get Deshaun Watson turns that team into the Texans because there's nothing left. That's that's the challenge. But I think that the Dolphins could get away with Tua plus three ones, especially since one of the ones is 
the first-round pick that came from Houston, I think they could get away with that given the team they currently have and still be in great position to contend. So maybe reluctantly the Dolphins say yes to two of plus three ones. It just seems a little heavy, but maybe it is worth it when you consider what you're getting into Sean Watson. So I've changed my mind. Okay, well, I'm, yeah, say, I'm saying do the deal today. Do the deal today. We need content. We need page views for the weekend. Do it today, Dolphins and Texans. I mean, I think we can kind of live off the Carson Woods trade for at least another day That's or two. True. But That's I, true. That's true. Listen, I want to milk the cow completely that we have in the barn. So don't anyone I'm, – I'm, no more trades. We, 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 between Ben Roethlisberger being on thin ice in Pittsburgh and Carson Wentz gone, we've got all we need for the weekend. Save it until Monday. No more 11 p.m. Eastern Saturday night trades, Rams and Lions. Save it to Monday, please. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look, if the Dolphins have the third pick that when you mentioned this, they got from the Laramie Tunsil trade, I think that's part of why you can say you give up your first round this year, basically. It's 2-1. Then you give up Tua because you're getting the franchise quarterback back. And then next year's one, to me, that's not too much of a price to pay for a quarterback who can set you up for maybe the next 10 to 15 years. You already know he's playing at an elite level, Mike. And like you just said, he's somebody that, you know, if he's maybe not even entering his prime yet. He's probably not even in it. So if you can get that kind of quarterback, I might even throw a fourth first round pick in there just because that gives you that kind of stability. And so what you have to then do is say, all right, we've got to draft and develop from the second to seventh round much better than we might otherwise, because we don't have that first round pick. But if you're a good enough personnel office, I think you can do that. The Rams have shown that they can at least kind of do that. They keep going back to the playoffs, even though they haven't had a first round pick since Jared Goff, literally in 2016. There's a way to do it and a way to do it well. And like I said, if I'm Miami, I might even say throwing a fourth first rounder in there and to a give me Deshaun Watson and we might be in a good position to contend for years and years and years. C Mahoney 23 on Twitter suggests another Deshaun Watson scenario. Watson to the Broncos for quarterback Drew Locke, linebacker Von Miller, two first round picks and two second round picks. Who says no to that one, Miles? Um, I think that the Texans probably would say no to that one. And I think that they say no to this one more than they say no to the previous one with Miami because they're not getting back a quarterback who has as high of a ceiling. I think two a ceiling is probably significantly higher than that of Drew Locke. And honestly, they kind of seem like about the same guy. I think that Tua's team down there in Miami is a little bit better than the one that Drew Locke has got up there in Denver. Uh, but I think Drew Locke has some traits, but I, I don't know that he's going to be the type of quarterback that you say, all right, I know that we're getting somebody who's established for Deshaun Watson. And the other thing is with Von Miller, yeah, you don't know how healthy he's going to be and B, you don't necessarily know exactly what he's going to be um, in terms of what you have to pay him. Uh, they've got to somehow work that out there um, in Denver. And I think we talked about it yesterday where the agent and the team haven't necessarily had contact yet. But I think if you're Jack Easterby, if you're Nick Casario, I don't know that that deal intrigues you as much as some of the others that we've been talking about, Mike. Here's why it intrigues me if I'm the Texans. I go back to December 2019. I think I've talked about this a couple of times this week. Drew Locke for the Broncos at a Texans team that would make it to the playoffs. The Broncos were not good at all. The win over the Texans made them 5-8. and eight. 
Drew Locke in a 38-24 victory was phenomenal. Von Miller told reporters after the game of Locke, he's a bleeping rock star. That was the Buzz Lightyear game. I remember talking to you about that now because we established that you were around. You were alive for Buzz Lightyear, which is very, very, uh, uh, at least relieving to me for a little bit. But um, I I think that that intrigues the Texans. Now, David Culley, the coach, wasn't there. Nick Casario, the GM, wasn't there. But Easterby and Cal McNair, the guys who are running the team, were there. They witnessed it. So you, you you have the young guy who's got potential that has not yet been fulfilled. You've got Von Miller who comes in with uh, you know some sizzle, some pizzazz, although he was injured all last year, and you get multiple picks for it. I I I kind of like this trade. I kind of like this for everyone. I don't know who says no to it. Uh, especially because we've seen the reports and the suggestions that Deshaun Watson is intrigued by the Broncos, and for good reason. They've got a great collection of skill position players. And and what have they been searching for since winning Super Bowl 50? The answer at quarterback. I, I'm very fascinated by what George Payton, the new GM of the Broncos, could concoct, and we've seen the report as well, that they plan to pursue Deshaun Watson if the Texans decide to trade him I think they should pursue him even if they don't decide to trade him because I think that's what it's going to take it's going to take offers it's going to take pressure and it's going to take putting the Texans in a situation where they are getting something that they can't refuse and hopefully they'll be smart enough to not refuse it another Broncos trade that is very fascinating to me Kirk Cousins Vikings quarterback two years left under contract at a total payout of 56 million Cousins to the Broncos for Drew Locke and a second-round pick. Who would say no to that one, Miles? Uh, I might say no to that one if I'm the Broncos uh, because I don't know that Kirk Cousins is really going to elevate me all that much more than Drew Locke. I don't know. I mean, Kirk Cousins, when he's good, he's great, but when he's not, he's really not. And I think if you can sort of develop Drew Locke and you think that whatever Drew Locke's ceiling is, I think it might be around that of Kirk Cousins um, because when Drew Locke has had these good games, I mean, you just brought up that Texans game in 2019. There was a game against the Panthers that he had in 2020 where Drew Locke was really excellent. When he's good, he's really good. So if you can just get that level up and make him a little bit more consistent, you've still got him on a rookie contract for the next couple of years. Maybe you can develop more around him and get him some more skill players so that, you know, like we were talking about with Russell Wilson, you get a guy who can get you to the Super Bowl with the, the amalgamation of talent that is around rather than just with the QB. I don't know that Kirk Cousins elevates you enough to get that done. So I guess to answer the question in a very long manner, uh, the, the Broncos, I think, would say no to this particular trade. I think that the mere fact that George Payton would or wouldn't make the call will tell us in a roundabout way what the Vikings currently think of Kirk Cousins. Because Peyton's been there. He knows. He's part and and he has an opinion on Kirk Cousins. So, you know, I I think the, the problem is the Vikings need Kirk Cousins to the extent that Mike Zimmer wants to have a good enough of a season to keep his job. I think big picture long term, the Vikings would be better off moving on, especially because Cousins made it clear he's going to play out the final two years of his contract and the way things work it's going to be impossible to franchise tag him he's hitting the market in two years now what will the market be for him I don't know I think that that uh I think I don't know I think the Vikings say no to it for that reason the Vikings need Kirk Cousins 
And I don't think Drew Locke is enough of a replacement who can come in and allow the Vikings to be good enough this year to keep people employed. That's why they want to keep Kirk Cousins. So they would need an upgrade that would allow Mike Zimmer to think, I put this guy in place, we're going to be good enough that I get a 2022. Even if in the if, if it's in the best interest of the team to move on from the Cousins contract and see what you have in Drew Locke, I don't think Locke has enough to save Zimmer after this year, and that's why the Vikings would say no to it. Specifically, it would be Zimmer saying to Rick Spielman, the GM, hey, you know what? Without Cousins, we both may be fired after this season. All right, uh, here's one from Seattle 12th fan. Browns receiver Odell Beckham Jr. and a fourth-round pick to the Patriots for cornerback Stephon Gilmore. Miles, who would say no to that? Oh, man. Uh, I want to say the Browns because I think that they feel like if they have Odell Beckham Jr., they can be an even better offense than they were in 2020. But also getting that kind of caliber cornerback when you get and you're getting rid of somebody like Odell Beckham Jr., man, that's that's a tough one to say no to. I think almost the Patriots might say no to it first because you know, even if you have Odell Beckham Jr., who's throwing him the ball? I mean, are they going to go out and somehow get Jimmy Garoppolo from San Francisco? And then at that point, who's San Francisco's quarterback? And you sort of got this domino effect or snowball effect there. So I think that the Patriots would be more likely to say no to it because you don't know who's throwing him the ball and you don't know if even having Odell Beckham Jr. is going to make that much of a difference for you because until you solve the QB issue, you can't really solve anything else. First question, is he healthy? And that that would be the thing that would cause me to pause if I were the Patriots. If he is healthy, though, it's it's clear that Beckham has craved playing for the Patriots. Now, I don't know how much of it was Tom Brady versus playing for the Patriots. And you're right. There needs to be a good quarterback there. Maybe having Odo Beckham Jr. makes the team more attractive from a quarterback standpoint. I, I don't know, because, you know, the reality with Odo Beckham Jr. And maybe he loses this aspect of his overall football persona if he goes to the Patriots, the idea that. I need to get the football. For the team to win, I need to get the ball. If I'm not getting the ball, the team's not going to win, and I'm justified in wanting the ball because I believe that's what helps the team win. That put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield in 2019. I think that's one of the reasons why they struggled. And look at what happened last year without him. I mean, He gets injured against the Bengals. People ask the question of various members of the Browns, are you better off as an offense without him? And yeah, guys like Baker Mayfield weren't real happy with that question being asked. And you know, look, it's right after the guy tears an ACL, but it's a fair question. And I don't know. They made they made it to the final eight without him. So uh, Stephon Gilmore definitely seems like a guy who is available for the Patriots. And it looked like they were thinking about doing something at the trade deadline. You know, this one kind of makes sense to me, but I think the big red flag is Odo Beckham Jr. Is he healthy? And that would be the thing that would get the Patriots to say, we're not ready to do this. They could always trade for him later. They don't have to do it right now. Um, Maybe they just do a straight Gilmore to someone deal for now and then revisit the possibility of Beckham at a later date. Here's one from FGC081085. We always want to get the numbers right at the end of a Twitter handle. Jets quarterback Sam Darnold and a third-round pick to the Bears for the 20th overall pick. You know, the Bears don't have many options. It would be upgrades over what they currently have. I hadn't thought of Sam Darnold. How does that pick sound to you? Who would say no to that draft uh, or that trade possibility? Well, I think. 
think it, it would be the the I think it would be the Jets, right? Because are the Jets you said the Jets are sending another first round pick with Sam Darnold? No. Jets Jets get a first. It's it's okay. Sam Darnold and a three I'm, to the Bears for the twentieth overall pick from the Bears. Okay. Well then no, I actually I don't know if anybody says no to that. I mean, I think the Bears maybe, you know, you don't necessarily want to trade your first round pick for Sam Darnold. But at the same time, I think that that actually gives them a viable quarterback option that, you know, maybe can keep Matt Nagy employed, right? We just talked about that um, with, with, the, with the Vikings. I, I think the, the biggest thing there is, do you actually believe in Sam Darnold? And do you believe that he can be the quarterback for you that can actually win you some games? But I think that that actually might work out pretty well for both teams because that means that the Jets could do whatever they want in getting a quarterback early or they could wait later in that first round and then see what quarterback falls to them. Or then, I mean, if you're the Bears, like I said, you, you actually get somebody who maybe can elevate your offense and can do things that will help you win rather than just maybe re-signing Mitchell Trubisky or seeing what else is out there on the free agent market or still rolling the dice with Nick Foles. I don't really know who says no to that one, actually. Yeah, it all depends upon what the Jets think of Sam Darnold, and we don't know because they're not going to come out and tell us what they really think. What Joe Douglas isn't going to say it. Robert Sala's not going to say it. Uh, if they really like Sam Darnold, that seems a little bit light to have to give up the three to get that 20th overall pick back, especially because it doesn't put you in position to get one of the great – oh, but they already have the second overall pick, so they could take a quarterback there if they want. I just – there's and they have they'd have three first rounders they'd be one short of the year where they had four first rounders Chad Pennington Anthony Becht who were the other two that year in 2000 Sean Ellis and John Abraham uh so one out of four ain't bad well one and a half out of four one and a half out of four I don't know but uh, maybe maybe that's their goal to get four first round picks in the 21-year anniversary of having four first round picks in the 2000 draft here's another one that's related to the Bears Alex Smith, the Washington quarterback, to Chicago for a fourth-round pick. Miles, who would say no to that? Uh, hmm. Maybe the Bears, because I don't know that I would even want to give up a four for Alex Smith. I might say if it were a five, then maybe. But I, I just I don't know how well Alex Smith is going to be able to play. You know, you don't know how healthy he's going to be able to stay. I mean, he obviously dealt with that calf strain, you know, and that's why he couldn't play in that playoff game with Washington. Uh, I don't know that I want to give up even a fourth round pick for somebody who's had those necessarily health concerns. And I don't want to take anything away from what Alex Smith was able to do, because obviously he was just getting him getting back on the field was terrific for them. But I think that if I'm the bears, I want more of a long-term solution than just what Alex Smith would be able to do for me. And if I'm getting Alex Smith, I would have to have somebody else basically on the bench getting ready to take over for him. You want Alex Smith to be a bridge. I don't think you want him to be anybody that's going to start more than eight to 10 games for you, probably tops if you're the Bears and you make that deal. Here's why I say no to this if I'm the Bears. Alex Smith is due to make $18.75 million this year, non-guaranteed. That's going to hit the cap as of March 17. Washington is not going to pay him that. So you, you wait for Alex Smith to get cut, and then you go sign him. You don't have to give up anything for him. Alex Smith isn't going to reduce his, his pay. He knows it's his ticket out to free agency and tampering, whether it's in Indianapolis or elsewhere, if the Bears are interested in Smith, It'll all be pre-planned, and that's how it would go down. He gets cut, and he signs with the Bears. Now, taking 
the trade obligation off the table if you could just get Alex Smith as a free agent? Would you want to bring back Mitchell Trubisky if you're the Bears, sign Alex Smith as a free agent, or do a trade for Sam Darnold, which which puts them in a better spot, in your opinion, for 2021? Ooh, I would trade for Sam Darnold and then sign Alex Smith in free agency. Is that, can I answer the question that way? I'm giving two options instead of just one. I, I, I'm fine with that. I think that makes sense. And the question then becomes what kind of a deal could be done to get Sam Darnold to Chicago. But with Matthew Stafford off the table, not that he was ever going to the Bears, with Carson Wentz now off the table, the Bears have to keep looking, and there aren't many great options out there as they try to figure out how to upgrade their quarterback position. All right, we've got plenty more PFT Live still to come. Our weekend review speed round is next. We'll be back with that right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Oh, really? Uh, I thought this was serious. Tim Tebow's final spring training. Come on, that is mean-spirited. That is wrong. My wife is going to be mad at me. My wife loves Tim Tebow. That's incorrect. And and uh, I want is that Matt Casey's kid? Probably not. It's snowing and and, and <laughs> Matt Casey's kid would be hitting it out of the park and he's not even 1 year old. All right. Uh, Miles, that's kind of what we have to deal with around here. And you never know what it's going to be until it pops up on the screen. Sometimes it's real, sometimes it's not. That was funny, man. I, and I, you know, I feel like it was a very realistic shot of Tim Tebow just swinging a miss, you know? There, there is a chance that that was photoshopped from my own home, home movies from uh, a long time ago, but uh, I digress. All right, time now for today's speed round brought to you by Verizon. 5G built right. Let's get into it. If the courtship for J.J. Watt comes down to two teams, it'll be between who and who, Miles? The Titans and the Browns. The, uh, the, I think the Titans need him, and the Browns also need him, but I think the Titans need him maybe a little bit more, but the Browns can pay him more. So that's why I would say those two teams. Yeah, I will say the Bills and the Packers. Those are the two teams I think it's going to come down to. I think he really wants to play for the Packers, and if the money's close, I think he'll pick Green Bay, but uh, it's still going to be a while. He's one week into free agency. We'll see how that plays out. Next one, Big Ben will be the Steelers quarterback this year, if what? And I am told 
we must be specific. Okay, uh, I hope this is specific enough. I think he will be their quarterback if they can bring his cap number down to around 27 million. And they can do that through the extension. And Mike, you've written extensively about this and that explains it far better than I could say it. But I think if they can bring that cap number down to about 27 million there, then that'll probably be close enough where the Steelers say we can put enough around you and he says that's enough and that I can be comfortable with what I'm making. I think that he will be the quarterback of the Steelers this year if and only if the Steelers objectively believe they will be a contender if he is on the roster. If they do not objectively believe they'll be a contender, and I mean Super Bowl contender, not playoff contender, because they'll be a playoff contender no matter what they put together. They have to objectively believe they will be a Super Bowl contender with Ben Roethlisberger. If they don't objectively believe that, then I think they will move on from Ben Roethlisberger, whether they cut him, whether it's a mutual thing, whether it's a retirement, whether they don't ask him for any money back, whatever it is, I don't think he'll be with the team if they don't believe they will be a Super Bowl contender. Next, which quarterback would you buy most stock in for 2021? Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, or Jalen Hurts? Uh, Matthew Stafford, and I don't think it's close. I, I think looking at that Rams team, they are built right now to try to get to a Super Bowl. And I think if we all know that Sean McVay is a really good schemer of offense, and now we can see what he can do, uh, you know, with that thing really unlocked with the QB, who has probably a little bit of a higher ceiling than Jared Goff, even at Matt Stafford's age, I think that makes it not very close. I, I would go Matthew Stafford there for sure. I'm just fascinated by how that trade, when it becomes official, March 17, 401 p.m. Eastern, is going to help us figure out who's to blame. Was it Stafford or the Lions? Was it Goff or McVay for the recent regression of the offense? And, and maybe everything works out. Maybe it works out great for, for both sides and both quarterbacks have a rebirth. But I agree with you. Stafford is the stock that I would buy right now moving forward because of that partnership with McVay and that rejuvenation that McVay is going to be feeling. Next topic, do Devin White's comments about the Chiefs, he was on FS1 early this week saying, hey, they, they shouldn't say anything about not having their starting tackles for Super Bowl 55. They didn't do anything to help them. Five-man blocking 92% of the time. Will that spark changes for the Chiefs, Miles? Uh, I think it depends on if they can get their, their starting offensive linemen back and if they are healthy. I think if you have your starting left tackle out there instead of Mike Rimmers, who's your backup right tackle, and then you know you don't have to move your guard out to tackle and play him there, I, I think that that makes it a totally different scenario. Now, if the Chiefs have to go back and they don't have their starting offensive linemen, then yeah, that probably should prompt changes. But if you have your starting five that are supposed to be out there, then maybe it's a different result because you have guys that are playing up to that caliber, Mike. Yeah, I, I think the key is the changes need to be made at the backup position. You got to have tackles who can come in and get it done when your starters get injured. That's the benefit of having a quarterback who doesn't take every last dollar. Money is left over to bolster the ranks of the second string. Also, yeah, schematically, you got to be ready to keep somebody in to help block and not expect Patrick Mahomes to run around with his hair on fire for 497 yards in a 60-minute game behind the line of scrimmage trying to find someone open. So I hope those comments are going to spark some changes. I hope that he didn't have to say it to get the Chiefs to look in the mirror and spark some changes. They're going to have a hard time getting back to the top of the mountain. Make a bold prediction. Who will be the next person or group 
that Tom Brady takes a shot at on social media. We mention that because of his one-minute video where he dredges up the various snippets from a full season of criticism of things that deserved at the time to be criticized now that he's holding his seventh trophy. Who's the next group or person who gets it from Tom Brady? Uh, literally you and me from yesterday's show when we started making Tom Petty jokes and, you know, I made free-falling, stop-dragging-my-heart-around references. It's going to be either us or, I don't know, maybe somebody who said something, you know, not so nice about Gronk before. But he's definitely going to take another victory lap from winning this ring at some point. I, w- I wish it would be Belichick, but I feel like it's more likely to be you and me. I'd like to think that he's not going to do it again. I'd like to think that he realizes he shouldn't have done it the other time, that it does make him look petty. But I do hope if he does it again, he uses a Tom Petty track as the soundtrack. for That would make it perfect because he's always come off as self-aware. So many of these star athletes aren't, and that video made him look not self-aware. But if he would do it again, at least let us know that you recognize you are being Tom Petty and go ahead and play the Tom Petty song. And if the the estate of Tom Petty sues you from the song catalog for the rights or whatever, you got the money, write the check and move forward. All right, last one. Uh, no, okay, good. I'm, it's not that, it's not. There was one more that I thought was real. It's not real. Thank God. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon. 5G built right. Welcome back to this Friday edition of PFT Live. We had so much fun yesterday with our draft of the teams over which we'd want full Madden franchise mode control that we decided to flip it around. The teams that we want no part of in Madden franchise mode. Those are the selections. They may make appearances on the flip side today. Uh, but I, I just, it, it, it was so strange because I never quite know, are we talking about the real world or are we talking about the game? And and today we're going to try to make it real world and only real world Madden style. All right, Miles, you've got a question for me and uh, it will determine the first pick. What do you got? I, I do have the trivia question. All right, so happy 79th birthday to Vikings Hall of Famer Paul Krause. Who was the team, Mike, that drafted him? Washington. Boom. Yes. Wow. Come on. Producers made it too easy for you. Yeah. No, I I remember because when I was a kid, that's not how it worked. You only played for the team that drafted you. That's how the NFL was. Rarely, if ever. I mean, yeah, they had trades, but there was no free agency. You, you were, I remember there was a point where the Cowboys and the Steelers had entirely homegrown players. No one else from any other team at any time played for them other than the teams that they drafted and signed as undrafted free agents. So I remember that was significant when I heard, oh, wait a minute, he played for Washington, but uh, Paul Krause did, and, uh, and Drew Pearson pushed off. I thought, I thought it was going that way, but, you know, Paul Krause was a little bit late getting over to help out Nate Wright on that play as well. Uh, so that's part of that debacle from December 28, 1975. But I digress. Pick number one for me without question, the Houston Texans. I want nothing to do with the franchise mode control of that team because you're stepping into a trading away assets. I'm trading away my best quarterback. And, and this is where it slips into Madden mode. You want to have a great quarterback, especially a mobile quarterback, to be successful running an offense in Madden, except when you're a high-end guy who – I saw the contest last year where the guy used a punter 
and just ran the ball with right. I want a quarterback. So I know my quarterback's not happy. The team has been gutted. Uh, the only good news about it, Madden style, is you wouldn't have the equivalent of a Jack Easterby to deal with. But in the real world, you would. I would want nothing to do with it. Although I know the first move I would make if I was in full control of the Texans for one year, the guy on the screen to the left would no longer be employed by the Texans. That would be move number one. Okay. Maybe I maybe uh, I do want. Maybe I'm the wrong day. Maybe that should be my first pick yesterday. Yeah, well, then you could get, you know, four first-round picks for Tua if I'm the general manager of Miami. Uh, so I think my first pick here would probably be the Falcons because you have an aging Matt Ryan, you have an aging Julio Jones, you don't have much cap room, you've got the fourth overall pick, which you could use to draft on a QB, you could maybe not, you could maybe sure up your offensive line, maybe get somebody on defense, I don't necessarily know what you want to do, but... There's a lot of work that you have to do in order to get the Falcons to be in a place where they could possibly be Super Bowl contenders again. And right now, I think that's a process that's going to take years. And it's not necessarily something that's going to be done this particular year. So for my first pick, I don't know that I would want to be the Falcons. Although at least if you are the Falcons in Madden, like I was talking about yesterday, they have some decent uniforms, especially their throwbacks. I don't necessarily know about that gradient thing that they're doing with that one yeah. uniform. But other than that, I, you know, the Falcons have some nice uniforms. And they play in a cool stadium. Yeah, I would take out especially their throwbacks and just say they have some decent uniforms if we only let them wear their throwbacks. The new uniforms, <laughs> not good, in my opinion, for the Atlanta Falcons. Cap situation, horrendous for the Falcons this year. That is, that is another reason to not want to have full control of that franchise in 2021. Next one for me, the Detroit Lions. I'm not big into the whole kneecap biting thing. That's one of the reasons why I would shy away from it. But the cupboard is bare, and Jared Goff is the quarterback. What do you do around Jared Goff? I think this is a team that is deliberately taking a step back. I think they're going to be very bad this year. And I know as I'm saying it, there's a chance this clip is going to get played in January when they make the playoffs. But I think of all the teams right now in the NFL, if I had to pick one most likely to do anything significant this year, it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I, I think the Lions are a good pick, and they were on my list too. Um, but I would have to go with the Saints for my next pick, and in part because, look, you're not going to have Drew Brees anymore. I mean, that just – we talk about the coming days. It seems like, you know, Drew Brees' retirement announcement has been coming in the coming days for the last however many weeks. So from that perspective, you may have Jameis Winston at QB. You may want a new Taysom Hill at QB. I don't know, but they're in another situation where their their, their cap situation really, really is not good. So got to get rid of a lot of players. You're going to have to figure out – how you can still be a contending team with not without your Hall of Fame quarterback. I just don't know that I want any part of that in trying to make them a Super Bowl contender in the NFC South again. I mean, they still have some very good players under contract, but you're right. They're going to have to make some tough decisions to clear up some cap space to get the team in position where it can even function. And Sean Payton, one of the best coaches of the past generation, if not ever, going to have a hard time getting the most out of whatever he has left after they throw these guys overboard. So I agree with you. That's one that I would not want. I, I don't want the Bears right now. I, I, I Who's my quarterback going to be? I don't know. It feels like there's no clear option out there that makes me feel like I can placate the media or the fans. Everyone's under pressure to perform this year. I mean, that, that's the problem with getting that vote of confidence one more year. Not that they said one more year, but that's the message that comes through. Hey, you get to keep doing your job, but you have even more stress and pressure because you know that 
if you have a bad season in 2021, it's going to be over. And whoever they get to be the quarterback is going to walk through the door with that kind of burden on his shoulders. So not a lot of great options. Uh, maybe you could try to pull together some sort of a trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't know that Watson even wants to go there. I don't know why he would, frankly, at this stage of his career. Um, and and I, how hard would it be to justify giving up a bunch of draft capital to go get Deshaun Watson when you could have had him four years ago. That's the first mental hurdle the Bears have to get past. We could have had him. How can we give up all this stuff to go get the guy that we could have had? So uh, for those reasons and plenty of others, the Bears are not a team I'd want to have full control over this offseason. Oh, no, I wouldn't want full control over the Bears either, but I I'm going to stay in the Midwest, though, for my next pick, and that'd be the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think they're in a tough spot in part because of just the devastating nature of Joe Burrow's injury. You know, you don't necessarily know how well he's going to come back from that knee. And he's been saying all the right things. You know, he says he's been making progress when he talks to the Cincinnati media. I think they're in late January. So he's walking and he's doing all these things. But you're still in a situation now where Zach Taylor may or may not get through the entire next season before getting fired. We don't necessarily know that there's just not necessarily been much progress made along either side of the ball for the Cincinnati Bengals. So in that instance, I just don't know that that's a team that you really want full control over because how in the world are you going to make it through this season? And, you know, you've got teams in your division that whatever Pittsburgh does, they're at least still going to be a middling team, right? You've got Cleveland that's still ascending. The Ravens still have Lamar Jackson. They're still going to be good. You're not in a great division for in, just in terms of trying to compete. That's a tough spot there. I wouldn't want any part of Cincinnati. Yeah, the Joe Burrow injury was so devastating, and who knows if he's going to be ready week one. And it, it just feels like even as that team stumbles into a great quarterback, are they going to be able to put the rest of the pieces around him? Hopefully for Burrow they will. It's, it's going to be a wait-and-see thing, and I agree with you. I would not want the reins there. I'm going to take one of the teams that you had yesterday. I'm going to take the Jets. I just feel like the Jets, even with the second overall pick and even with Robert Sala as the head coach, I feel like they have so far to go to get to where they need to be because of the Mike McCagnan approach, trying to build the team from the outside in. Now you've got Joe Douglas, who's trying to build from the inside out. I feel like they still need multiple more pieces before they get to the point where you feel like you can even remotely contend. I would love going out and signing every free agent receiver that I could find, every fast guy, every guy with a 96 speed rating, just sign him up. But, uh, you know, quarterback situation is a problem. Skill positions are a problem. And that's what makes your team go in Madden. Here's where I slip into Madden mode. Who cares about your offensive line? It's not like you need to have a bunch of road graders. It's about having receivers who can get open, running backs who can pop through, and quarterbacks that can buy time until somebody's open and – it feels like the Jets have none of those things right now, Miles. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that for sure. I just, I don't know where you can go with the Jets and it's going to take multiple years. Uh, okay, but I wanted like, if I were just playing pure Madden mode, I would probably say that the Buccaneers would be my last pick because I, I mean, you already basically have everything. So what do you yeah, need to nothing be the to GM do. for? There's nothing exactly. to do. <laughs> so, but I would say it would be the Eagles because right now you just got rid of Carson Wentz. You know you have Jalen Hurts, but there are just so many questions on both sides of the ball. How are you really going to be able to get better? 
I don't know that that's a team that you really want to have full control over right now, because even though they're in the lowly NFC East, it's going to be hard for them to be able to compete. I think next year, especially with the first year head coach. And I'm telling you winning that Super Bowl has turned that fan base into like a rabid crazed dog that wants another Super Bowl. And they are even more impatient than they were before they won the first one. And they need to be patient this year as this team takes a step back and tries to figure out where it's going from here. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll wrap up this Friday edition of PFT Live right after this. The NHL in Lake Tahoe this weekend. Two outdoor games on NBC. Look at that as they put it all together. The rink is there. Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, Golden Knights versus the Avs. Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, the Flyers and the Bruins. And uh, that should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to watch that. Some good news coming out of the the current situation in Texas, which is just horrible across the board. Deshaun Watson donating meals to help the Houston community during this storm. Dak Prescott helping out as well. We encourage everyone who's in a position to pitch in, do it. This is neighbor helping neighbor, people banding together. Shereen Williams was talking about that last night on PFTPM. Miles, it's just a horrendous scene in Texas, and I can't wait for this to end. I'm sure the people who are living through it can't wait for it to end either. Yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. And it's really nice to see Dak and then also Deshaun helping out as they are. Yep, good stuff from them. And everyone in Texas, stay safe this weekend. We'll be updating everything happening in the NFL all weekend long at PFT. We'll see you back here Monday morning. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.